Are you ready to be stirred and receive an impartation of faith to move forward into all that God has purposed for your life? Welcome to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. I am your host, Elaine Haynes. I will be sharing what the Lord has given me through the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the Logos and Rhema words of God. Welcome to Stirring of the Waters. I'm your host, Elaine Haynes. Today is episode 22. Let the Word of God separate soul and spirit, part five. Letting Christ be the head brings proper alignment of spirit, soul, and body. He is the Word. When He is head governing over your life, your spirit will be in ascendancy over your soul. I had a dream some years ago that is very relevant to this topic. I knew the dream after I had it was from God, and it speaks of the headship of Christ. So I'm going to share this dream with you, and then the revelation that the Holy Spirit gave me regarding the dream. So in the dream, there was a woman who was a very mature spiritual leader in our region. She was seated at a table on which was a candle, one candle. The room was completely dark. The only source of light was the candle. The candle was positioned in a square candle holder. She was holding a glass case that was to be placed on top of the candle base, the the holder. The case was four-sided and welded together with gold. She was struggling because it would not fit. The case would not fit onto the base. There were ridges in the case. You could see the um, ridges that would hold the glass case, but the case would not fit. And then I immediately heard in the dream, wisdom speaks. She immediately knew the case was upside down and had to be turned because the head was not at the top. She turned it and it fit in place perfectly. Then the scene shifted and now she was no longer present. There were eight candles in the dark room. All were identical to the first. I woke up. Immediately I began hearing the Lord say, what will seem to be right is actually upside down. You're not looking at things correctly. The viewpoint must be the head, Christ, at the top. For what is positioned at the top, given first place in your mind and heart, will create your viewpoint. You must hold fast the head. That speaks of Colossians 2.19. And not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Then I heard, I am repositioning and realigning in accordance with my designing. There will be a new fitting for proper alignment. Many are out of alignment, and I'm bringing a shift to my people, for my headship is necessary in the days to come, for wisdom and revelation to flow properly. Wisdom is the principal thing. I am forming a people rightly aligned to my headship, positioning together by my spirit to bring forth the new move of my glory. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 tells us, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now that's a pretty heavy duty scripture. I just want to break it down a little bit. 
effectual, I believe I, I've talked about this in one of my previous podcasts, to, the word effectual in the Bible actually means that, the, that the, it has the power within itself to bring forth the intended result. So every, with Christ as the head, the whole body in operation, each part supplying what God has purposed for whatever your gifts are, whatever that function is that he has equipped you for, or designed you for, I should say. When that is working properly with Christ as the head, everything will flow properly, and there will be a compacting. There will be, by the effectual working of each part, working together, the, the body itself, the body of Christ, will increase unto the edifying of itself, or the building up of itself in love. So what does that mean with Christ himself as the head? What I saw, had a picture of with that is that, you know, just like our brain uh, has the, there's certain autonomic functions, which, you know, kind of like automatic functions of our body, like breathing, like um, your eyes blinking. I mean, you can make them blink, but if you don't think about it, they'll still blink when they need to blink. Um, hearing, uh, speaking. There, there are things that our body does, the, the nervous system, the digestive system. We don't have to, like, command our body what to do. The brain does that. And in the same way, we are to be so one with Christ that our response to him is as autonomic as the response of our physical body is to our brain. Jesus said, that he only did what he saw the Father doing, that was John 19, 519, and he only spoke what he heard the Father say, and the Father did the work. John 14, 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Jesus spoke the words, and the Father did the work. That is how it is to be with us, you know, that God wants us to speak forth the words that he gives us, and then he will actually accomplish the work that he desires to see done through us, through the, through the speaking of his word. So in Luke 9, 58, Jesus said he had nowhere to lay his head. According to Strong's Concordance, the root of that word head means authority or government. God desires his government in the earth through us. Isaiah prophesied of Christ in Isaiah 9, 6, that the government would be upon his shoulder. And Paul, speaking of Jesus, tells us in Colossians 1, 15 through 19, this is a powerful, powerful, it's one of my favorite sections of scripture. Speaking of Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him, Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell. I heard, my kingdom is not of this world. I am going to prepare a place for you. Will you prepare a place for me to rest my head, my headship? I am going to prepare a place for you. Will you prepare a place for me 
to rest my head, my headship, my government in you. Every battle will be won as we are joined as one. For kingdom government to come forth, it must first come forth in us. We want to see God's kingdom come. We have to let his kingdom come forth first in us. We have to give him full reign. Jesus as the head of every part of our lives. So if you remember in the dream, when the woman could not fit the gla the case on, I mean, the, the um, yes, the case on the base, it was upside down. What I heard before she realized it was upside down is wisdom speaks. And Paul tells us about this wisdom in 1 Corinthians 2, 6, and 7. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that came to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. The spirit of wisdom is pouring out upon his people to reveal those things that are turned upside down in our lives, personally and corporately. What we're seeing in the natural is only a smidgen of what's happening in the spiritual realm. We have seen so many things be exposed in recent years that are upside down. Things are becoming, it seems, more upside down. And God, But God is showing his people. That's obvious to see. What's, what's in the world, it's, it's obvious to see. But there are things that are hidden in us where we haven't given Christ lordship that are upside down. That God is doing, showing us those things so that we can properly align to the headship of Christ, his wisdom, his knowledge, his ways that are higher than our ways. So in confirmation, the same night I had this dream, my husband had an encounter in the middle of the night. He woke up, he heard, while he was sleeping, he heard by the Spirit of the Lord, the wisdom that descends not from above is earthly, sensual, devilish. And that's from straight from James 3, 14 through 17. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. That means easy to be received. It's full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. I heard there are many that have come into agreement with evil. Their wisdom is not of me. I will reveal what has been concealed for the light of my glory to be revealed. So the glass case, it was clear, a clear glass case. That represents transparency, a vessel pure, emptied of self. So the world will see Jesus. They won't see us, they'll see Jesus. We're called to showcase him to the world. Not ourselves, not our wisdom, not our knowledge, not our anything. Only him. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. We have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We have been translated for a purpose, God's purpose to be enacted in the earth, his kingdom to come to the earth. We are his ambassadors. We are his messengers. We are, we are created for his purposes to bring forth his kingdom to the earth. He, does, he loves us. He desires that we fulfill our our purpose, he desires us to be brought back to original intent, but that original intent is his kingdom on the earth as it is in heaven. It was given over to Satan by sin, and when we do not have Christ as our head, we're in essence giving the enemy rulership. 
So the case was bound and bordered with gold. We're told in 1 Peter 1.7 that our faith is tried as gold so that it will be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus. Forged out of holy fire, a holy fear of the Lord that's formed from trials brings strength to the framework that can bear up under the weight of his glory as we carry his presence rightly positioned with him as the head. We are being formed into the true church that will display to the principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. Ephesians 3, 9 and 10, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. I heard the Lord say, My people, repent and align with me. Stay under my headship, and you will be free from all that hinders. My glory carriers you will be. For my wisdom to be seen and known, your heart's desire must be for me alone. So when the scene shifted to this, to the second, um, the second scene, if you will, there was eight candles. Well, the first was the one candle, the completely dark room, and then there was eight. Now, I've always known that eight represents new beginnings. But it, it, I felt that the Holy Spirit was telling me to look a little deeper, do a little more research, and I found that it actually means so much more. So Jesus, of course, is the first candle. He is the light that lights every man that comes into the world, we're told in John. And seven is the number of completion, eight new beginnings. Jesus has completed his work. It is finished. He Again, he's the first candle. And eight is now his new beginnings. We step into the new. We, as the church, we move from a place of rest and his finished work. One body, corporately moving. Eight also represents circumcision. Genesis 17, 12. Our hearts, circumcised from our flesh. It represents sanctification of the house of the Lord. 2 Chronicles 9, 17. We're set apart for him. It represents purification. That's Leviticus chapters 14 and 15. Purified from all selfish desires. It represents a holy convocation. Leviticus 23, 36. What does that mean? A whole, holy vessels of honor unto the Lord. It's also the number of days that God miraculously provided pure oil for the Maccabees to rededicate the temple after the revolt against their oppressors. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We need that pure oil to accomplish what God desires to accomplish in the earth through us, for him to be seen and known, for Jesus to be given glory, power, and honor in our lives. We need that pure oil of the Holy Spirit. We are candles of the Lord in this eighth day, carrying his light to the world as we remain filled with his oil. The Holy Spirit of God is drawing us into a continual rededication of our temples, fitted together as a holy temple to be a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Ephesians 2, 19-22 Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom, in Christ, the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. 
Eight also represents deliverance and new beginnings. First Peter 3.20 and Second Peter 3.5 were told that eight souls were saved from the great flood that came as judgment on sin and brought forth that new world. In Luke 17 and 26, we're told that Jesus said, As it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the days of the Son of Man. There are many that are lost and dying in the world, and as in the days of Noah, many mockers and doubters. But God, who is rich in mercy, is preparing his vessels unto honor, that we will showcase Jesus in his resurrection life to the doubters and mockers. The disciples were shut in for eight days when Jesus appeared in his resurrected body to bring doubting Thomas into a place of faith. These are all represent all these things are representative of what we are to be doing and living as in this eighth day, if you will, because again, the seventh day is completed. Jesus has finished his work and now we're bringing in the kingdom. We know that it won't be fully brought in until Jesus returns, but we are to be about the father's business just as Jesus was. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. He came and preached the kingdom. That is what we are to do. Is to, That's what his prayer. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So eight also speaks of the transfiguration and resurrection of Jesus. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus taught the disciples for eight days of his death resurrection and the cost of discipleship. And then he took Peter, James, and John up to the mount to pray. And he was transfigured before them. This is a time to live from the resurrection life that is in us. We are new creatures. We're to walk in newness of life and see others as new creations, created by God for his purpose. Rightly honoring one another, recognizing that each has been given certain gifts, a certain purpose. They're part of the body that we need to recognize and honor and value each one. Also in Matthew chapter 28, we're told that on the day after the Sabbath, which is the eighth day, the angel of the Lord revealed to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary that Jesus was risen from the dead. Scripture also records that Jesus revealed himself alive eight times after the resurrection. It is time to recognize that Jesus is risen. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, given all authority and power, and he's given us that authority, and he sends us forth, filled with his spirit, to continue his work with him as head in our hearts and minds, being fully led by him, keeping him in the forefront of our vision, seeing ourselves seated with him in heavenly places while going about our business in the earth. I heard the Lord say, right alignment to my headship is necessary for protection from the winds of adversity. For a storm is upon you and greater is coming. And the covering of right alignment is necessary to keep the flame from going out. Many are falling down, fainting, because of the storms of adversity raging. The enemy desires your flame to go out. But I am raising up a standard against the onslaught of the enemy. My standard is my holiness, my headship. Your victory will come only from that position. The darkness will increase, and many will not know where they are going, for they cannot yet see. Hold forth the light of my presence to show them the way. For there are many yet to come forth into my body. Many that you would not believe were I to declare it to you. They are awakening as evil is exposed. They are seeing that what they have supposed has moved them to being, to me, opposed. I am revealing that the enemy has been stealing. Their minds are reeling and they will soon be kneeling. 
in the midst of darkness, chaos, and confusion. Do not fall prey to disillusion. Hopelessness is not to be your conclusion. Stay under my headship. Be in divine union. You will have my wisdom, and you will be able, in the midst of your enemies, to eat from my table. You will be blessed with my goodness, favor, and grace, as you hold forth my light in every dark place. Psalm 23.5 tells us, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Men and women of God, it is time to bring forth, to be those vessels of honor, those vessels of the presence of the Lord, to shine forth his light, to let others see him. That is what is so needed in this day, in this hour, to speak forth words of life, to let his glory, his glory, be seen and known. Let him be seen as seated upon the throne. As we do that, as we make him Lord over every part of our lives, as we give him lordship, as we give him headship, directed by him, moving only at his command, listening, seeking, hearing, obeying. I'm going to pray this prayer as Paul prayed in Ephesians 1, 17 to 23, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Be blessed. God is with you. He's working in you. He's bringing right alignment of your spirit, soul, and body as he brings forth his word of truth by the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay submitted to him and you will have your spirit and soul separated and live a life that is honoring and glorifying to him. Be blessed and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. If you like what you heard today, Visit ElaineHaines.com, that's A-L-A-N-E-H-A-Y-N-E-S.com, for books, blogs, and spiritual growth. You can follow me on Facebook and subscribe at CPNShows.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. See you next week for the next episode.